It's just gone 20 past one, uh, 20 past nine. Did I just say 20 past one? I told you. Uh, it is November. The brain is kekelezering. All things are slowly but surely shutting down now as uh, the year draws to an end. Uh, it's just gone uh, 20 past nine o'clock right here on the Art of Everything. Uh, we're going to get into our third conversation of the evening. And uh, we're catching up with Dave Mann, who's an award-winning writer, editor, and arts journalist. Um, and tonight... I'm going to ask uh, Dave to share his knowledge with you and I um, and speak about the sort of collaborative nature of, of, um, of art from the written to the visual and how the visual and perhaps even vice versa can oftentimes assist in bringing a writer's words, a writer's experience and perspective to life in a way that maybe um, words cannot to help you and I better understand or even better frame um, a story in our minds or capture a time, um, you know, as as it were. Uh, Dave Mann joins me on the line for, for what I'm sure is going to be an enlightening conversation for both you and I on the art of everything. Bridget Masinga on the art of everything. Good evening to you, Dave. How are you? Hi, Bridget. I'm well, thanks. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us this evening. Um, you, I came across this uh, quote, and I think it sort of got me thinking about, uh, you know, w- what you've written about as part of uh, your your master's journey. Um, ben Alton once said that artists don't create society, they reflect it. Um, and I guess by extension, visual art at times helps those words within pages live and live more specifically in our heads. But I'm trying to understand in the most lamest terms, you know, what you've sort of put into pen and paper as part of your study. Um, help me understand, like, what, what do you mean when, when you say, you, you know, that, that visual art in particular can help the written art form better place itself or better capture an experience in a way that sometimes words cannot? Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I think all art forms can aid writing uh, a great deal, but visual art specifically because uh, writing is a visual medium, you know. Mm. Um, Writers conjure the visual, they conjure imagery um, through language. But like you've said, excuse me, words will fail us sometimes, you know. Language uh, is sometimes not enough. And um, I think where, where visual art comes in or kind of, deploying a work of art in a story you know a novel or a short story it um it can convey a lot mm. uh, you know so say we put a painting in a short story um uh, this painting can sort of convey uh, a, a great deal of emotion a, a kind of social atmosphere it can become a, a sort of shorthand for very complex emotions or settings or circumstances that perhaps can't really be conveyed as well in 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 the written word mm-hmm. um so you know you would have heard this other quote that um you know the job of the writer is to to show and not tell mm. and um visual art is 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 a great way of showing right 
Mm. Um, and if we if we invite visual art into into written narratives, um, I think that's a, that's a great way of doing that. That's a great way of showing and not telling. And I think you know, it's talking about it being a collaborative act, it's collaborative between these two artists, the sort of visual artist and the and the writer, the author. But it's also collaborative in the way that it sort of invites a reader in to mm. to bring their own readings, their own opinions of this uh, this artwork that's been described or, or deployed in this narrative. And they get to sort of participate a little bit differently in the story instead of just being told something or, or sort of instructed by the text, which I think is lovely. Mm. Mm. Now, then I ask Dave, um, like I said, this is a conversation for me to really just learn more, um, you, you know, because um, I never really thought about this until <coughs> this conversation was laid at my desk. And then then I was wondering, is it is it easy or not easy per se, but within a South African context where a lot of people, a lot of us in the majority are only now becoming aware, for instance, and, and becoming comfortable to sort of even engage a conversation around visual arts or even express curiosity around visual arts. Um, you know, when you place, when we talk about this collaboration between these two creatives, when you place, for instance, a visual piece within a, a written story, um, is it easy for for a bridger to even understand what you're trying to convey or even engage in what you're trying to convey? What are the chances that I am even aware of, you know, the Ayanda Mabulo, for instance, and its representation? And I use him particularly, right, because he's right. one of those that we, we've become very aware of in this generation in this moment. So I'm thinking if there was a work, for instance, that came out now um, where this could be exemplified, it might have an Ayanda Mabulo, um, mm. you, you know. But is that something that the vast majority of us would be able to even pick up it, within the, the pages of the story and be able to engage it in the way that the writer might want us to contextualize it? Right, right. And I, I think about this quite a lot. It's a diff, it's a really difficult sort of thing to, to grapple with, I think, as a writer. Um, but I guess for some context, I, you know, I write about art for a living. Mm. Um, and I'm in those worlds. So that's a central question for me sort of daily is how, you know, who am I speaking to? Who am I writing for? Mm. Um Who's the reader, um, and what kind of language am I am I speaking to them in? Um, and when I started this masters in creative writing, I knew I wanted to write short stories, but I'd also become quite disillusioned with with what art writing could achieve, and mm. I became quite disillusioned with the language of art criticism. Mm. And the kind of atmosphere of what we can call this art world, you know, this commercial gallery circuit um, of these white cube galleries that can really feel a lot of the times um, hugely exclusionary um, and, and sort of very intimidating. Um, and, and I thought, you know, how can I figure this out mm. um, through fiction 
and through making sense of visual art through a language of fiction and not necessarily a language of criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's down to a specific writer, how accessible it becomes, um, this kind of reference to visual art. Um, I, th- I do think that art placed within the context of fiction is a really brilliant opportunity to uh, chronicle a work of art, sort of, you know, put it into the record, Mm. um, but without that very complicated um, language of art criticism to write more accessibly, right? Mm. Um, And and that's, you know, this is what journalism does, is create a record, but this is also what fiction does to a certain extent, because we're always a bit fast and loose with the, with the truth in fiction. <laughs> um, but I, I also asked myself a lot, you know, um, I'm going to sort of drop, uh, you know, David Kolwane in, mm. in a short story. Um, who's going to know who, who this artist is? Um, who's going to know how this functions in the, in the story? And, um, I remembered a, a sort of interview by with Zadie Smith, the, mm-hmm. the British author Zadie Smith, that I was listening to, and someone had said to her, you know, in one of your novels, you reference this clip on on YouTube. Mm. Um, how how could you have done that? Because this is this is a novel, you know. I can't access this YouTube clip um, through these pages. And she said, you know, this is the age we're in, where the reader is not. The reader is intelligent and the reader is reading with their sort of on their Kindle or with their smartphone in the other hand. Mm. As readers, increasingly, we are starting to read simultaneously, right? So you you come across something in the story. um, And ideally, if you don't know what it is, you pick up your phone and you Google it. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was sort of her response is, I trust my readers to sort of... um, not pass that reference to that YouTube clip by. I, I, I trust them to go look it up. And in doing so, this sort of expands the story, right? This mm. expands the experience of reading it. So it's it would be the hope that if there's a Ayanda Mabulu reference in a short story, you go Google this artist, you see the, these images, this very distinct kind of style that he has, and, and you think, aha, I see what's being said here, you know, and, and now I'm accessing the story in a completely different way. Mm. Um, this wouldn't always be the case, but this is the hope. Um, and, and yeah, I think it, I mean, I believe that it's increasingly the case that we do read in this way. We read simultaneously. Mm. I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe you because there is a book I'm currently reading in prep for a conversation. Um, and I started reading it a few days ago and it makes a lot of, you know, digital references um, in, yeah. in in sort of encapsulating this particular time and and sort of analyzing in a very fictitious way this generation of women. Um, and mm. and you you're so right as you explain it. I go and that's exactly what I've been doing. I've I've had phone in one hand, um, yeah. you know, and busy URLing and googling these YouTube clips, trying to to place them and find the context so that I can better understand the story that's been told to me uh, and have a holistic view. But I'm also thinking the other part is, I mean, this is not, it may sound new, but correct me if I'm wrong, but as you're talking and as you sort of 
unpacking it for me in the most simplest way, I'm also thinking it's not necessarily a foreign concept, right, of, of this collaboration between the written and the visual. Because, um, and if one reads a lot of African writers' literature, um, a lot of times, especially writers that came out of Zimbabwe at a particular time, um, you know, writers that came out of Nigeria at a particular time, they really do place within the stories a lot of that cultural and traditional context by way of musical reference, by way of, um, you know, theatrical reference. There's a lot of artistic reference that paints a more holistic picture for you mm. as to what was the environment and what was the setting at the time. And even, I guess, even here at home, we've, we've done that with literature that, that, that sort of places itself in, you know, the liberation struggle, for instance. Hmm. Completely, completely. And the other thing is, and it's, uh, you know, it sort of always falls to the side, is, is oral history, which is some of the, the most uh, visceral and, and visual kind of um, narrative around you know mm. um and and yeah referencing incredibly sort of um evocative visual scenes ways of being um it's yeah i mean we've been doing this for for a very long time i i, I hear you i agree with you mm. um yeah Mm. I, I'd be interested to know, I mean, uh, you, from from yourself as, uh, like I was saying, Dave Mann is, uh, he's not only an arts journalist, but he's an award-winning writer um, and editor. And part of your, your master's journey was obviously the series of short stories. Um, are you able to share with us some, some, some of the stories that you've sort of penned down for this journey? And maybe even, I don't know, sure. context and significance of South African history, history past, present and future. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to ask. I can try. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I can I can talk about the stories. I'd love to. Um, like I said, I think, you know, I, I had kind of grown a bit fed up with the writing that I was doing on a daily basis about mm -hmm. art. And I'd always loved fiction, you know, I'd always loved reading it. Um, and I think if you write long enough in any capacity, you start thinking, hmm, maybe I can do this this thing mm. that all these people are doing that I that I love so much of, of kind of creating worlds and, and writing, you know, f you know, fictional characters, fictional settings. Um, and I think, you know, I care enormously about South African art and performance and mm. I care enormously about South African fiction so they just naturally came together and um, I think like most students I didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning but what emerged was that um, I was kind of naturally I ended up making sense of or kind of writing about a lot of the things in the South African art world that I couldn't write about journalistically for, mm. for various reasons. You know, sometimes it's kind of information you can't really share without getting in trouble. Yes. Or it's, um, there, there's a level of critique that you couldn't really make uh, unfounded or, um, you know, it's a, it's an insular and a small scene. And if you upset mm. people, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it'll come back to you quite quickly. Um, and fiction, um, 
you know, Bronwyn Lawful, you and one of my supervisors and a really brilliant South African writer, she put it this way that um, writing about art through the lens of fiction is, um, it's a, it kind of creates a safe distance from the truth and mm. it removes that burden of having to write um, factually and very seriously about art. Um, mm. So this is what I started doing um, in these short stories, and I, I found myself bringing a lot of kind of critique into them. Um, and I, you know, so I, what's an example? On on a kind of language level, I deal with a lot of press releases on mm -hmm. a daily basis, and they all I noticed they all had the same rhythm and the same jargon and the same sort of cadence and tempo to them even you know you can sort of end up reciting them in your in your sleep mm. so i put together this this piece that kind of at first glance reads like total nonsense um, but it's using the language of the press release and the auction house and the exhibition statement um, and it's quite a sarcastic, sort of cheeky piece <laughs> about the language of the art world. Um, there's another one where I I poke fun at the archetype of the kind of old white dude with with thinning hair, who you know, <laughs> and and his spectacles, and he's this art critic, you know, and he's very austere and very serious, um, and he just comes totally undone in this exhibition because he he's like totally out of his depth. So it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, not all mm. of them, you know, quite quite a few of the stories are quite serious, but mm. I managed to have a lot of fun with him as well and, and poke a lot of fun at the art world, which I think takes itself way too seriously a lot of the time. Oh, say that again. <laughs> Absolutely say that. <laughs> say that one again. I can almost see the old white man archetype right now uh, wandering the halls at Zeitzmoker on a, on a uh, Saturday morning at a walkabout at a, a spire. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Dave, I appreciate you very much. You've definitely given us, uh, you know, a different perspective um, and, and something for us to, to be on the lookout a little bit more as we sort of uh, page through some of our most favorite uh, fictitious stories. And hopefully we can get our hands on some of uh, your short stories. Is there a possibility that you are looking at uh, perhaps publishing them after we are done? This is a, this is a sensitive topic. <laughs> <laughs> and also I'm being very nosy. <laughs> no, no, you're not at all. I'm trying to get them published. It's quite, it's quite difficult. But because they're short stories, a number of um, journals and, and sort of um, publications are picking up the individual stories. So I have some of them in a zine called Ons Kleinki, mm -hmm. which, which had a launch last night that I did a reading at at Love Books. I have one coming out in the next edition of Imbiza Journal. Okay. Um, I have one in New Contrast. So, yeah, I'm slowly getting them out there. And they are, if you if you look around at, at, in, at indie bookstores that sell zines and, uh, and literary magazines, yeah. you might find my stories inside of them. 
Awesome stuff. Dave, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, that was Dave Mann, who's an award-winning writer, editor, and of course, an arts journalist, uh, sharing with us uh, his uh, perspective in, in terms of how um, art, visual art, can live within the pages of written art, a collaborative relationship that uh, invites not only uh, the uh, two varying creators, but also us as a reader to engage the work in a different way, a very full. 4D uh, perspective of the world that lives outside and inside words. It's just gone 22 at 10 o'clock right here on The Art of Everything. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back and wrap things up as we prepare for your Friday takeover happening between 10 and 11.